0: Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! (laughs) Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 10 of The Jetman with the Golden Gun, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Chojin Sentai Jetman. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing real well, man. You know, I was thinking about this because this is episode 10 of Jet Mammoth the Golden Gun, right? Yes, it is. And I remember when we were at episode 10 of Live and Let Die Ranger, like we were so happy that we made it to 10 episodes that we, I think it was a star, right? We're like, it, we it did It absolutely was. We did 10 episodes, you guys, and now a and at the ye- time a full it felt like we later. had been doing it for all of our lives, like after those 10 episodes. <laughs> right. Uh so yeah, I'm doing really well. It's like uh it's like a little anniversary of that star. So it is. it's a star starversary. That's not a word. But whatever. And starversary? That works. Yeah, that sure. Is, you know, if it's you were in the business star... of making tortured portmanteaus, <laughs> And listen, I am in that business and business is booming. Uh, anyway, Dave, uh, today, as Biz-oomin. you mentioned, we're watching episode 10 of Jetman. It is called Cup Noodles. Oh, yes. Fun. But before we get into that, and listen, I'm super I can't wait excited. To get into it. But first, we have our officially award winning opening segment Dave Shining in the Heavens. There are five stars. And would you like to know what our first star of the day is? Sure. Dave, uh, as you mentioned a moment ago, we had previously been watching Die Ranger. Yeah. Uh, I love Die Ranger. You love Die Ranger. Uh, should. Hopefully, the listeners do. Listen, uh, and if I they don't... do not, um, I thank you for listening through all of those episodes of Live and Let Die Ranger, even though you didn't like the show. I don't it's think. It's sort of a weird decision for you, but, um, you know. <laughs> I don't think we've ever shown someone an episode of Die Ranger and had them walk away and be like, that show was stupid, and I don't understand why anyone would watch it. Like, basically everybody who's ever watched the show, at least with us, has been <laughs> at least, like, uh, it's weird, but, like, ultimately charming. Anyway. So, so if you have not had a chance to firsthand experience the joys of dire Ranger, then you are in luck. Because this week, uh, I think it came out on the 10th, although I, I it, made the mistake of getting mine from Amazon, right. and there was a weird... Mix up, and so I don't have mine yet. But the dire Ranger DVDs are out from our friends at Shout Factory. They're not our friends. They could be our friends. They're like friends um, in potentia. Yeah, I'm. I'm willing to accept them as friends. Like, I, yeah, no, I, I would be totally down for in friendship. For being if friends, to be listening, then uh, you know, get at us. <laughs> Let us know. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, the dire Ranger DVDs are coming out. I should be getting mine on Monday. Um, Am I going to sit down and watch all the way through a show that we have exhaustively watched through? Not a year ago. Yes, I probably am. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I was going to say that's a really kind of a weird statement. You are definitely going to do that. Um, I will actually also point out real quickly that now <laughs> that the DVDs are available in America, they are not like they're not online anymore. So if you do want to watch Dino Ranger, and again, we want to reiterate, really, just really strongly. That you totally want to watch Die Ranger, but if you do want to watch Die Ranger, this is the only way to do it. Um, buy them, buy the buy the DVDs. You should do that. Yeah, and actually, what's really funny is on Amazon, you know, it says like, you know, the Die Ranger DVDs starring whoever. Yeah, uh, it does not give anybody in the starring role except for, and I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation, but I Hamura. And I Hamara is the guy who plays Shoji. So apparently Amazon knows what's up and has considered Shoji to be the star of that show. <laughs> I have also, Matt, uh, if you do not follow us on Twitter, Matt, sorry, that was a weird sentence. Matt, I know you, you don't follow us on Twitter. I am us on you, Twitter. You are us on Twitter. But Shout Factory did retweet your tweet, right? That Live and Let Die Ranger is a great companion to watching... Go Say Sentai Die Ranger on DVD. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that that is like an official endorsement from Shout Factory, who like owns the rights to Die Ranger in the United States. So that's a big, that's a big official endorsement. You can take that one. The official podcast companion. The official podcast companion. We're going to start saying that uh, now. As of right now, that's what we're going to start saying. You know, Dave, I. We can say that we have an officially award-winning opening segment because we didn't actually beat out anything, and there is no ruling body who gives <laughs> out that award. Um, there actually is a Shout Factory, so it is possible that we should not start saying that we are officially, like, sectioned, but. Yeah, okay, that's a good point, but Shout Factory, get at us. I would totally shill for Shout Factory. Get that sweet, 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 sweet Shout Factory money. Uh, yeah, so get those DVDs. I'm looking forward to it, and we'll we can watch them together. It'll be... Uh, it'll be great. Nostalgic. Not nostalgic. Whatever. Well, it'll be nostalgic from like 10 weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> really, really digging deep on that nostalgia train. Anyway, Dave, so um, what is our second star of the week? Okay, uh, Matt, our second star of the week is that Fallout 4 has come out, which you probably know if you are, say, like on the internet. If you're right, on if the you're internet at all. on the internet, you've probably heard that. Yeah. You, would, you should know that Fallout 4 is out. Uh, it's amazing. I had purposefully not, like, tried, really trying to avoid knowing a whole lot about the game. Because uh, I have a habit of trying to, like, dig and like, find all these details. Like, I kind of want to know everything and all this stuff. And then I go into the game and I know all the stuff and I know kind of how everything works. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that with Fallout 4. I'm going to avoid knowing as much as I can possibly avoid. So when I go into it, you Know it'll be like more organic, I guess. So, I did do that. I'm playing the game, it's amazing. Uh, the crafting system is rad, it's like it's really intuitive, it's very convenient to use. Uh, uh that is great because I remember the crafting system in Fallout 3 oh, was terrible, like, yeah, it yeah. was bad. I mean, it was cool if you wanted to make a flaming sword, which I What'd mean, you do? who doesn't? Yeah, obviously. Uh, no, the crafting system is really cool. Basically, what it is, Matt, is that everything that you can pick up, like you can pick up a bunch of stuff, coffee cups, cigarettes, pens, but everything that you pick up is made up out of components, and then and then you store those components in like your workbench area, and when you want to make something, when you want to make something, you just say like, "Hey, workbench, like I want to make this thing," and it automatically goes through your list. And, like, deconstructs whatever things in your inventory contain the requisite components. So they've streamlined that process for you a lot, which is rad. Uh, You're building settlements. You're, like, attracting wasteland survivors to your settlement. Like, building walls and turrets to, like, keep raiders out and growing food. That's rad. Uh, That all sounds amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. You know, I was talking to, uh, I was playing it before we started doing this, and I'm going to play it when we're done doing this, that I was talking to my wife, and she was saying, she had a really good point, that this seems like what Fable 3 was supposed to be, but wasn't. I feel like like there were a lot of things that Fable 3 tried to do, but did not succeed. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but... It's a game you're, like, forging alliances and building settlements and doing all sorts of stuff. But it's also, like, a really fun action-adventure game. So... And how is the soundtrack? It's amazing. It's, re- it's, it's really good. It's just... Listen, it's Bethesda... It's a, it's a Bethesda game. It's, like, Bethesda turned to 11. This is what our buddy Josh told me. And he's totally right. It's Bethesda turned to 11. So if you love Bethesda games, it's like the other Fallout... Well, Fallout's 3 and Fallout New Vegas... Uh, the, the Elder Scrolls games. If you like those games, you will love this game. However, if there are things about those other games that you don't like that bug you, they will bug you even more in Fallout 4 because it's just like everything's cranked up. Gotcha. But, yeah, I wish I had more to say about it. I'm like eight hours into it. I'm like well, we don't punching don't want to say dudes. too much. You know, you don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very excited for you. Yeah, so I'm playing Fallout 4. I actually haven't been playing, speaking of video games, I haven't been playing Super Mario Maker, which I talked about last week, because the day after we recorded last week, my cat, that remember that adorable kitten I told you about last week, Millie? Yeah, you were super excited about it. Yeah, I'm still super excited. She's super cute, uh, but she did through, chew through the power cord of my my Wii U controller, so I had to oh. order a new one. Yeah, it was like nine bucks, like whatever. But I did have to wait. But then by the time that arrived, Fallout 4 was here and I was kind of glazed over. Right, right. To totally 4. understandable. Hey, yeah. Mario Maker will be waiting for you when you come back. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was in class. I was teaching a class and uh, there was a little bit of downtime. And One of the kids said something about Fallout 4. And I was like, oh, yeah, Fallout 4. I've been playing it for I played it for like a few hours. It's really fun and the kid who's like 15 or something looks at me with with like incredulity maybe like he's very surprised and he's like how do you have it before before we he and his friends have it and i looked at him and now i was incredulous i was like D- i'm a grown up hey, like i have a job like, you have are a 15 job. <laughs> <laughs> right like my wife went and drove in our car which we own and can do cuz we're grown ups and she just bought the game with money that we have from our grown up jobs. Like, why are, like, I'm surprised that you're surprised. If you already had it, like, I would be like, oh, wow, nice, that's nice that your parents bought you that game, like, the week it came out. But why are you surprised that I have it? Uh, they were like, wow, being a grown up is pretty great, isn't it? And I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, teachable moment. And I said, yes, kids. It is pretty great to be a grown up, so study hard and get an education, and then you too can buy video games. Play Fallout the day it comes out. (laughs) So. Really, what more can you aspire to? What more? uh, Listen, yeah, what more can you aspire to? Really? President of the United States? More like President of the Wasteland. Nonsense. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, Matt, what is our. Uh, what is our fourth star? Of th- Sorry, I was just laughing because I was remembering the kid's face. Uh, it was it was great. Sorry, Matt. What is our third star of the week? Dave, our third star of the week is um. So you know, Spectre came out last week. Yeah, I was. Did you had a chance to see it yet? You know, I was gonna go see it last night. And then, like we Beth and I, we were like, "Oh, we're gonna go to dinner and then go see the movie." And then we we went to dinner and we just kind of were enjoying dinner and like hanging out so much that we decided to skip the movie. But I think we're gonna see it tomorrow, so don't say too okay, much. Okay, well I won't tell you, but what I'm looking forward it, to it. Except to say that you know how you were describing that Fallout Four is like Bethesda turned to eleven. Yeah, like. Spectre is like a capital J, capital B, James Bond movie. It is like, it's got all the James Bond stuff in it, you know? No, that's fantastic. Really liked it. Um, But the other thing that I've been doing is because Spectre came out, um, Hulu Plus just got a bunch of old Bond movies on. Oh, you know, those old movies kind of float between like, Hulu, and then they'll be off Hulu. Then they'll be on Netflix, and they'll be off Netflix. I know, you kind of gotta follow them around, and they're only ever on either of them for like a few months at a time. It's right, very frustrating. But yeah, uh, so I have been taking advantage of it, and I have just been like mainlining old Roger Moore movies. Ooh, okay, you're right on. And okay, here's the thing about Roger Moore. When I was a kid, I would say that Roger Moore was the worst Bond. Yeah, that's I don't fair. think that's the case. I think Roger Moore might be the... He's certainly not the most exciting Bond. But that's watching his true. movies is just so, like, pleasant. Like, oh, those movies okay, are you just gotta break that down for on, me, man. like... You know, like, nice sets, beautiful establishing shots, like, going from locale to locale as, like... Oh, okay. Like, these pleasant, avuncular spy romps... You know, all right, no, that like, makes with sense. like full of like cheesy dad jokes and improbable gadgets. They're just like a very <laughs> nice thing to just have on. Uh, so I've been watching like For Your Eyes Only and Moonraker and uh, Octopussy, all those, all the all the classics. So, dude, um, I just, I don't know why. I was like, I wonder how old Go- when Goldeneye came out, because I couldn't remember because we're talking about Bond movies. Goldeneye is 20 years old, dude. Is it really? It came out in nineteen ninety five. Wow. Well, I guess that makes sense. I mean, that was you know, it was right? A that big was Bond's first game. movie. But still, twenty years. It's really weird. Okay, so so Spectre, ringing stamp of approval. Yeah. Oh yeah, I loved it. But you know, like I said, I am a big fan of Bond movies. Right. Like that is what you are going to get with that movie. Like some James Bond movies are also good like, like other movies other movies yeah like yeah. Casino Royale is just a really good movie it's not right it's not just a good Bond movie but Spectre this is... really leans hard into being a James Bond movie although it does it takes some of those things and twists it okay but, uh it's good although I'll tell you the one thing that I was thinking of while I was watching that movie is you know Rocket that Gun? the uh the big uh Spectre sorry no no, uh, no, I no watching, sorry I was asking if you were thinking of Rocket Gun. Cause no. it's all, it's all rocket gun? rocket gun. old rocket gun. Uh, no, sorry. What were you actually going to say? You only live twice. Um, no, I was watching the movie and I was, you know, the big, like thug, a henchman, not thug, yeah. henchman is played by Dave, the animal Batista. Awesome. Okay. Uh, and he's great. Did I, uh, when I first started to hear that he was going to be in movies, I was like, really? But he's everything I've seen him in. He's been super fun. Yeah, man. Um, but the the thing that I was thinking while I was watching it is, like, you know, he's always wearing, like, a suit or a turtleneck or something in this movie. Okay. Uh, because Dave Bautista is covered in tattoos. Right. Uh, and particularly, he's got, like, this, like, adorable little, like, sun flare around his belly button. <laughs> and so anytime would... he was doing something, like, really, like, spooky or threatening, not spooky, but, you know, like... Like oh, it's this big monster mountain of a man. I j- right. could only just think of this adorable little belly button tattoo he had. <laughs> not that I would, not that I would laugh about that to Dave the Animal Batista's face. Oh, but... certainly not. But it does. <laughs> uh, it, it's a fun image. Did anyway, you ever see? Uh, did you ever see the Man with the Iron Fists? Yeah, I watched it with you. Oh yeah, that's right. You were there. I just remember watching it in my basement, and I don't keep real good track of like who. Who is there in that particular scenario? So yeah, uh, that was a great movie. He was also in that I, that I liked. So anyway, so that's <laughs> it for uh, that's it for the Bond Star, Dave. What is our fourth star of the week? Oh, it's a pretty short one, Matt. But I did we did just get a new board game, which is really fun. Uh, it's okay. called Splendor. It's not a new game; like it's not like it just came out. Uh, we've played it before. But Beth and I just got a copy of it. It's super fun. And the thing that I really dig about it, as a very brief overview, the thing that I really dig about it is that it is an interesting enough game that if you really like board games, then there's enough there to to really enjoy. You know what I mean? You uh-huh. know, it's not like a super simplistic kind of like, uh, oh, why am I even sort of playing this game sort of game? But on this kind of flip side of that coin, the rules themselves are not so terribly complicated that if you're not like a board game person, that you can't just kind of come and learn to play it in like five, 10 minutes and, and really enjoy playing it. Like we were playing it last uh, earlier this week, or last weekend, I think, uh, with our little sister Katie, who is like not a board game person. Like that's just not a thing that she's super into. But she had a really good time. So, like, the rough fiction, I guess, of the game is that you as a player are a, like, Renaissance merchant prince person who owns, like, gem mines. Okay. And you are, like, turning these mines into... Beautiful jewels to sell to, like, the nobility or whatever, right? Oh, I've played this one, yeah. Yeah, so the whole... Like, you go around and, like, you're collecting tokens and you're using the tokens to, like, buy mines, but the mines themselves are, like, also worth points. And then if you get, like, a certain number of mines that are producing, like, particular sorts of gems, then nobles come visit you and they get you points and stuff. So... Again, like, it's a super fun game. And the cool part is is that you can kind of knock a a game of it out in, like, maybe 20 minutes. So it just, like, it's in the middle of a lot of, like, very convenient and fun board game Venn diagram categories. Like, fun for gamers, fun for non-gamers, doesn't take too terribly long, has a lot of replayability. Like, you can just kind of sit down and play, like, two, three, four, like, if you want to hang out and play games. Mm -hmm. like it's very easy to play like two three four games because it's just not like super duper intense you could just kind of play it right it doesn't like like mentally wipe you out after a game yeah exactly it's not like twilight imperium or something where you're gonna like commit it for like six hours and then you want to kill yourself afterwards so splendor and it's not it's like pretty cheap i think it's like 35 40 bucks or something so, uh, actually, if I think we're going to... Katie's hanging out. I think we're going to maybe play Splendor tonight. I don't know. So, right So, that's it. It's just a super fun game, and I thought I would tell you guys about it. That's it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, Matt? What is our uh, fifth star of the week? Okay, so I was thinking about this today because I have to do laundry later on, and so I was thinking about the laundromat that is around the corner from my house. Yeah, how do you... Do you just kind of, like... Walk down the street with laundry baskets? Like, what's your. I got like a couple of big blue Ikea bags. Yeah, I love those things. Yeah, just use one of those. Heads up, uh, those things are terrible outdoors. Like, they don't stand up to weather well, I guess. Why are you leaving your things outdoors? I I don't know. I just, I had one, and our buddy Bill, who works for a firm that does like environmental testing, is like, those bags are terrible. They disintegrate in like two days outside in harsh conditions. I was like, well, well, I just mostly use them for laundry. I was gonna and he's say like, oh, well, they're, in they're laundry conditions, then. those things are amazing. Yeah, they're totally great. And they're like so, 50 cents or something. Anyway, uh, so, so. I was laundromat. thinking about my laundromat, and this laundromat, it's very, like, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. Like, it's always 20% broken. Uh, wow. Like, not all of the machines work. And, like, I remember at one point, like, a couple of the dryers were just literally boarded up. Um, oh, But I went in the other day, and it was as though, like, they, they tried to, like, put a nice fresh coat of paint on it. But previously, okay. everything had been painted white. And when I went in, now it's painted this sort of, like, yellowy tan. It's, like... It oh, is geez. as though they realized, like, you know, what we really are is like an old, like, 70s and 80s laundromat. Let's just repaint it to look like it's period appropriate. Let's just color, really go hard in that paint. Right, like, in that exact paint shade, yes. Um, <laughs> it is as <laughs> That's though... terrible. It's, it's like they were choosing colors and they decided... If someone were to spit tobacco on the wall, we wouldn't want it to be immediately noticeable. So Wait, let's We pick want a blending camouflage that. Oh jeez. <laughs> I'm just I've never been to this laundromat, but in my head it seems like a really great it seems like a very excellent opening shot for just like a really depressing movie. Uh yeah, I think that is 100 you know, percent accurate. <laughs> like dingy laundromat, 20% broken. Just all the time. Like, just, like signs one... up that are just saying like which machines not to use and apologizing for the state of things. <laughs> oh jeez, dude. Dude, you got to watch. Uh, uh, you can I have a lot la- I have a washing machine, man. Just ca- just come over. We'll drink some beers. Uh you can use a laundry machine. It just yeah, that doesn't sound like a place that that literally anybody needs to be. Eh, you know, it's it's actually not bad. It's you know, you go there for an hour, you sit around, you do a little people watching, you bring a book. Anyway, uh that's really all I had to mention. I just I had this I had it written down in my list of notes for five stars, and I wrote it down like a month ago, so I just wanted to mention it now. <laughs> just a um, weird, sad laundromat. Anyway, so that's it for the five stars. Dave, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna watch episode ten, Cup Noodles, and yes. we will be right back. Okay, welcome <laughs> back, dude. I, I don't, I don't even know what I just just watched. Uh, what you just watched, Dave, was episode ten, Chojin Sentai Jetman Cup Noodle*. I, why, don't, why, why don't you try to process it for me? And then don't, once you do that, okay. we'll go beat by beat and try, and try to help you cope with what you've just experienced. Uh, okay, so first off, uh, <laughs> um, Michael from Ranger Danger, you just, dude, I know you found this monster, and you mentioned it to us when you were on the show. Just watch this episode, yeah, when, when Every you, guy's... When you heard that there was going to be a giant evil cup noodle... Yeah, could, I did thought... Did you imagine? Could you have dreamed that it would be anything like this? Dude, I thought that I was... I thought that, like, knowing it... Would somehow... Like, on some level prepare me... For what was gonna happen. And I felt confident of that, Matt. I was confident going into the episode that that was the case. Uh... And my hubris has come back <laughs> to strike me. I have no idea. Okay. So they fight They fight a giant cup noodle, guys. They fight a giant cup noodle. Every time I think that I am, like, inured kind of finally to just the insanity, like, the just pure bonkers-ness... Of Super Sentai. uh, They fight a giant cup noodle. Okay, so... My world is unmade. I don't (laughs) even know how to handle this. Okay, let's let's just get into it. (laughs) All right. So we start off... And Akko, the blue sparrow, is walking down the street with some of her friends from high school. Right? Right. As they're walking by, there's like an apartment building, kind of like off to the side... And Ako kind of looks up into the building. Because I think she hears somebody call her name, right? Yeah. And she looks up. And the, there is a dude who is eating a cup noodle, like a cup of noodles. And kind of looking down. And as soon as she looks up at him, he immediately, like, turns away and ducks behind the curtain. But he's still talking to her. He's just, like, hiding himself while shouting out the window. Yeah, and he says, hey, maybe you would like to come and have some cup noodle with me? No, specifically he says, would you like to share this rare cup noodle with me? They oh, only yeah. sold it in 1983, which I will ask you to recall was almost 10 years before this episode was made. Yes, And, and he and just starts Akko... going off about like where it was sold and what it was like. And Akko just like... I mean, the guy's hit it himself. Akko, like, looks up at him for a second and then just keeps walking as he is talking to no one. Yeah, and her friends... But I think she says yes, because her friends are like, are you sure it's going to be, like, okay to go up there? Oh, I don't think she's going up there. I think that they're asking if it's okay that, like, that dude talked to her. Okay. But she says, oh, yeah, it's fine, He's just like my, he's like an upperclassman at school, and he's a cup noodle geek. Which and is it, not something that I knew existed. I don't think it does. Like, I don't know if this is a real thing. I, okay, so, so they... So we come <laughs> up to his, oh, this, this, this guy's name is uh, Tatsuda. Okay, so, there's a cup noodle museum. Okay. In Japan. Okay. Well, maybe there, Maybe he does not walk alone on his weird cup noodle geek path. But we cut up to his apartment, and this dude has gone all in on being a cup noodle geek. Yeah, he's got. He okay. So first of all, he's got stacks of cup noodles uh, everywhere. Also, he has like a binder, like a like a scrapbook of the lids. Of maybe you know, like the every round cup noodle? Like the round paper lids that are on top of like yeah, like cup of noodles. Yeah, yeah, Like he has saved those and has them saved all in a binder. He also has a bunch of them like on his wall as decorations. Like this guy yeah, is unhealthily obsessed with cup noodles. He's... Which- is the only, Which is the only reason why what happens next does not cause him to, like, jump screaming out of his window. Okay, so he's just... he's saying, like, maybe, I don't know, maybe as he's leafing through his cup noodle scrapbook, he's saying, maybe I come across as a little odd. Maybe that's yeah, the problem. Yeah, he does... He's got at least that level of, like, self-awareness. Oh, oh, and by the way, uh, just to full-on cement this dude's Mega Creeper status, uh, he does have a picture of Akko just in his room. Oh, framed, on his mantle. Yeah. Uh, It might be, like, a yearbook picture or something. It does not look like a yearbook picture. It's too big to be a yearbook picture. I'm just, I'm trying to give this dude any benefit of the doubt. Oh, by the way, Matt... uh, the Cup Noodle Museum that I mentioned that mm-hmm. is apparently like a real thing. Uh, in a crime against humanity, the building is just like a big box. And it is, is not, not shaped like a giant cup noodle. Yeah. Like, guys, come on. If you're going to have a cup noodle museum, like, come on. Shape it like a cup noodle. Dude, That's super of, easy. Speaking of weird Japanese museums, did you know that there is a tokusatsu museum? No, of like Super Sentai and Kamen Rider stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, Okay, so New Life Goal somehow be in that museum? I'm not sure. Anyways, okay, so so Tatsuda is his name, by the way, is the Cup Noodle Geek. So Tatsuda is he's leafing through his album, and a light shines through his like curtain but like a curtain that's already in his like a leading from one room to the next and the it's a beautiful like golden light and the curtains draw back and a giant cup noodle just floats forward and he hears a voice emanating from it saying like oh no you're not odd you just love cup noodles. If other people loved cup noodles as much as you did, then they'd understand you. Right. You have been chosen. By me. God Noodle. And he transforms, like, he grows arms and legs and a face and, like, the top of the cup noodle, like, pops off so you can see, like, the noodles and, like, giant veggies inside of it. And, and now, And shrimp. Do not, please do not forget the shrimp. Yeah, uh, and They'll now be important he, later in a way that you cannot possibly imagine he looks like he looks like your standard dimensional monster but he doesn't i mean he looks creepy because he's a giant cup noodle and that's yeah. weird but he doesn't look evil he doesn't creepy look evil. yeah and so he says oh i need hot water and a just a pot of water appears like a kettle and it floats over to him and pours hot water in his head body which is a cup noodle. Okay? Yes. Tatsuda is totally okay with everything that's happening right now. Like he's surprised, but he's surprised yeah. because there's someone in his apartment, not because that someone is god noodle. Yeah, he's just he's like I'm the god noodles is like I'm god noodle. You're like the world's greatest cup noodle professor, like you know what's up. And Tatsuda's like I totally am. Uh, Okay, what's up, God Noodle? And God Noodle says, you have been chosen by me. Would you like to make the world's best cup noodle? Katsuda obviously... He's like, oh yeah, I am on that. And maybe, maybe if I become like the famous creator of the world's greatest cup noodle, then maybe Akko will like me. Again, so weird. So... Dude, this guy, this like, guy is obsessed with Ako and Cup Noodles, and he's really trying to combine his two great loves. Uh, Yeah, he's very successful, actually. We'll, we'll see in a minute. Okay, so he starts... And, like, I'm not sure if he's supposed to be blending up spices by themselves or if he is just, like, blending up different flavor packets from different Cup Noodles. But whatever but, he does, like, he has laid out, like... This kind of, like, cup noodle laboratory with, like, yeah. weights and measures and a bunch of different types of noodle that he's going through. And he's, like, mixing flavors and stuff. He's, like, It's a montage. Designs. This is a montage, by the way. It lasts, yeah, yeah, this clearly takes a while. Like, it's daytime. It's, like, right after school when it starts, we get a couple of shots of, like, daytime, a couple of shots of, like, the middle of the night, and then the next morning as the sun is rising. He has worked nonstop through the night. To create the world's finest cup noodle. Yeah. Uh, this is, by the way, having the side effect of I could actually like really go, like I could be really into some ramen right now. I, like, I don't eat ramen have, a lot anymore. I have been thinking about nothing but getting a cup noodle since this episode has stopped. Dude, seriously. I don't, okay, listen. We grew up eating a lot of ramen because like mom didn't realize how terrible they were for you when she was buying them. And then she looked at the nutritional information and it like immediately stopped purchasing ramen. I still don't eat a lot of it because it is just awful for you. But I love them and I want to eat them right now. Maybe I'll do that. Anyways, so he does. He creates the perfect cup noodle. And God noodle. So at the end of this montage, God noodle starts kind of. He's like, oh, no, I'm freaking out. Like everything's going dark metaphorically. And he says, I need hot water. So we find out that God Noodle is not, he's like fueled by hot water, which periodically runs out and needs to be like topped up. Uh, this will be important later. Yes. And then Tatsuda also says, he, so they get the hot water and then he's, they're like, cool, it's ready to go. This is the world's greatest cup noodle. And Tatsuda says, I know the perfect name. Like I know what to call this noodle. Okay. So we cut away to sky camp right and at sky camp running in the door is rita shouting like the commercial you have to look at the commercial and, and like nobody knows what he's talking about but he gets the tv on and it's just it's Kaori guy the chief and uh ryu and they like turn the tv on and they see this commercial for this cup noodle Which apparently this dude has managed to get into production, like, literally on an industrial scale, like, literally overnight. Yeah, like, a few hours ago he was in his apartment, and now he has, like, a produced-to-television commercial and product on the shelves. Yeah, and for some reason the television commercial is, like, vaguely Mexican? Yeah, they do say Senorita once or twice for reasons I couldn't figure out. Yeah, nothing else, that's what I mean vaguely. They just say Senorita... Nothing else about this is Mexican or, like, Latin American, literally at all. Oh, so, Dave, what is the name of the noodle? And the name of the noodle is Little Akko, which, again, Tatsuda, just... Dial it way back. Yeah, just cranking it to 11. Dude, just dial it all the way back. Dial it as far back as you know how, and then start from there. Yeah. Okay. So everybody starts freaking out about this. Ak- we, then we pan away and we see Akko who's just like walking in the street. And there's like a big like New York Times style display that this commercial is playing on. It is like up on the Titan Tron. Right. And she sees it and is just like very rightly freaked out. Because she sees like he's sort of wearing a mask and a false mustache through most of it. But he, she sees like, oh, that's Tatsuda. This is crazy yeah and it is like just to be clear, like the design on this cup noodle it is very definitely not like just a random ako like this is obviously her it's got her blue jacket it's got her hairstyle like it's definitely definitely her uh so we can glean from this that Tatsuda didn't like check with her or anything, not that we would have assumed no, that she be did she did not acquire any sort of likeness rights by the way, in the commercial. <laughs> Uh, in the commercial, he describes uh, the little Akochan noodle cup as the next dimension of flavor. Yeah. Oh, so by I the mean, way, okay. God Noodle is in that commercial, just dancing around, right? Just chilling out. I I would have Which to assume that-, that God Noodle walked into a television studio and got someone to record him without all of them screaming and running out of the building. Okay. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that everybody else just thought that it was like a dude in a cup noodle costume. But don't you think that one of them would have thought, hey, every week this city gets terrorized by a weird monster made out of a random thing? (sighs) Yeah. I just... Okay. I'm trying, Matt. Okay. I'm really... I'm working hard. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So uh, Akko is very rightly freaked out about this. So they jump back to space camp, where, like, not only are these noodles in production and, like, being advertised, they're immediately available. Because the jetmen have them. Oh, yeah. They are super popular. They are flying off the shelves. Yeah, well, they're the world's greatest cup noodle. Everyone is eating the cheerful little Akko noodle. Right. Like, Tatsun is a creeper, but the dude clearly knows cup noodle. Like, he has a degree of expertise. So like the rest of the team is kind of mocking Akko, like oh you know the noodle <laughs> right. professor, like this stuff should be good, right? And, and they eat I don't it. None like, like, of them are really like really good, really appropriately upset by it. Um, right. so none of them are eating it yet. And also, okay, listen, I'm gonna give like the two the studio television guys a little like I'll let them off the hook. Maybe they just figured it was like a dude in a commercial. How did the jetmen who watched the commercial? not immediately recognize that as a dimensional monster. Yeah, like, oh, that is clearly a virum. But right, like, nope. everybody, like, even the other people, I'll get them some slack. But the Jetmen uh, absolutely should have recognized that. Okay, so we cut over to the Virum dimension, and Radigat, in, like, a continuing theme that I think Jetmen is just supposed to be, like, social commentary, Radigat says, like, this will prey on people's desire to like not have to wait for anything yeah basically he's like humans are super impatient i can't believe that they would be so obsessed with like saving money and work that they would all be really into eating cup noodles right and uh tran basically he's this is trans monster we find out and trans like yes and like i will figure out how to like you know I will do this, and so like, cup- I will take control of the people who are eating this right, so this is how we, we we now we find out how he plans to do this, so God noodle like walks in and like steam comes out of his head body, and he transforms into a noodle dimension, which, which is looks- basically the exact same thing just with like a monster face. Yeah, his face is more creepy and you can see where the um the dimensional, dimensional bug is yeah, on thing him is attached. So he doesn't actually explain this by the way. He just holds out like a little glowy thing and he says this will allow me to control them. And he noodle dimension so it's waving it around. I guess we are left to figure out that it's supposed to be like a flute, like some sort of magical flute that is exerting mind control over the people who eat the noodle. So anybody who eats little Akko cup noodle is then able to be controlled by a magic flute that Noodle Dimension plays... But Noodle Dimension doesn't go to where they are. He stays in the Virum Dimension and appears in like reflective surfaces and they can hear him through that portal and we'll see what that does to them in a minute. I, I think, okay, here's my thought on that flute that I did not actually look up uh, before we started recording. Do you remember the Tofu monster from Ranger? Yeah. And how in that episode, they all had like a special little flute trumpet for selling tofu. Oh, I okay. I wonder if the flute thing that um, Noodle Dimension is playing is like a similar thing that is used for when you are selling noodles. Oh, that would be cool. So that, that is at least my theory. Um, like I said, I didn't actually look it up, but if that at least makes a kind of sense. Yeah, that's legit. Uh, okay, so we cut back from the Vyron dimension. Sorry, like I am just, there's a ton of stuff happening in this episode. And we're just trying to like help you follow it along. Because guess who's not helping you follow this story at all? is the writers of *Trojan Sentai Jetman. Okay, so we we start to cut away and we look at a few people who are eating uh, the little Akko noodles. We've got a little girl who is waiting in line to get on a carousel. Uh, There's an office worker. Yeah, who's trying to work through lunch. Yeah. And finally, uh, Rita. Who has eaten five of them. Was it five? I just said- It was at least five. It was a bunch. Uh, Dude, Rita can put away his dinner. So, they're all eating these these noodles, and then Noodle Dimension appears in, like, a reflective surface near them, and you hear, like, the fluty noise, and And then it, like, like green, glowy eyes, like, appear on them, and they, like, get, like, the weird, uh, like, the dark makeup around their eyes, which is sort of, like, the universal symbol in Super Sentai for being mind-controlled. And they start freaking out. So, this is what is happening. Like, the little girl who is waiting for the carousel, like, is punching people and, like, stomping on dudes who she has knocked over. Right, and it appears to give them, like, some degree of super strength. Oh, yeah, because, like, when we cut to the office lady she has had to wait for more than one minute for the photocopier, and she starts hitting things with the three-ring binder so hard that, like, sparks are flying off. Right. Okay, so this is what we find out, is that if you have eaten the noodle and you hear, like, the flute thing, because the noodles themselves can be prepared in a minute, you cannot, you, like, refuse to wait for more than a minute for anything. So the little girl refuses to wait in line... The office worker refuses to wait for the copy machine. And then we, <laughs> there we see Raita. And Raita refuses to wait for justice. Right. He's just like, where are the virum? I can't wait. Like, I have to get at them. Because Which this is, be... This is so great because it means that, like, it doesn't make you evil. It just, like, it takes the thing that you want and it makes you want it right now. And Raita <laughs> only wants to hit virum. Right, Uh, which shows to be a miscalculation on the part of Noodle Dimension later on. So, uh, Guy is like driving, we cut away, we see Guy, he's on his motorcycle, he's like driving by a store or something. He hears screaming, in a demonstration that Guy is really kind of stepping up to his role as Black Condor, actually stops, goes in out of his way, and investigates. There's a woman in this store or whatever. I I couldn't actually figure out what was going on in here. I have no idea. But it is a place of business, and there's a woman freaking out, and she's, like, throwing people and knocking stuff over, and he tries to go stop her, and she, like, hits him and sends him flying across the room. And he's like, whoa, I, I actually felt that. Yeah. So then he jumps up and just punches her in the stomach, which somehow knocks her out. Well, okay. I've got a theory about that, too. I, I don't it. think oh, the I, guy I know going with knew this. what he was doing when he just decided to like punch this woman in the gut, which was a weird moment. Uh, but I think what happened is that like their stomach is where the noodles are, and he's like not so he okay. He has not the living noodles unconscious with his jetman punch, maybe. You, you know, dude. It makes as much that sense as anything. Is, yeah, that's as good as anything else. Sounds great. Uh, so he punches this woman in the stomach. She passes out. And we find out... We jump back to the Vyram dimension. And they give us a full explanation that, yes, nobody can wait more than a minute for anything. Then we go to Sky Camp. And the chief is talking about like what they have discovered about the noodle thing. And she says... Oh, and at this point, we haven't noticed that uh, Rita has gone crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's we're that about, about to find to that out. But, anyways, so she says that in all of the people that the a noodle organism is in their stomachs, and that the noodles are alive. Which As is like a like soup's creepy parasite or something. It's really gross like it's kind of horrifying uh it's at this point that rita jumps up and he's got the eye makeup on he's like he can't wait to fight the virum and uh, everyone's trying to get him to calm down, but they seem to have forgotten that Raita is the strongest, like, by far the strongest of all of them. Raita is the strongest and one starts, there is. <laughs> and he's just, just literally, like, throwing them around. And like, like, all five of them and, together cannot keep Raita down. And the only thing that stops him is that he tries to run out of the room, but, like, doesn't have time to look for a door and just runs into the wall and knocks himself out cold. Incredible. Uh, so... We cut to Tatsuda's apartment, where he is watching the news. Right. He is, uh, and he's super stoked. Because, like, as far as he can tell, Little Akko Cup Noodle selling like hotcakes. But he sees the news, and that people are freaking out, and the newscaster is like, we think it's probably Little Akko Cup Noodles, which is, like, a really big jump to make if you're a newscaster, Well, I don't know. yeah, there's been a rash of violence. It's probably connected to this new cup noodle that everyone's been eating. Maybe he was the the one guy in the the TV studio that day that saw the cup noodle monster and was like, there's something a little weird about that. This is weird. (laughs) I'm going to make a little (laughs) mental note in case something weird happens later today. All right. All right. I can take that. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, we're 10 episodes into Jetman, so we have to imagine the TV news crews are like sort of getting used to regular monster attacks. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, okay, so Tatsuda can't believe it. He's like, What? Little Akko Cup Noodle is like making people evil. This is terrible. Like, I created it for good, I guess. And so, Noodle Dimension, well, God Noodle arrives and then turns into Noodle Dimension. Is just like, Well, I guess I'm going to kill you now. Goes to kill him, but who is there to stop him but Little Akko herself? Right, Akachan. So she jumps in, like she saves Tatsuda. Noodle Dimension, like launches like a noodly fist at her and like wraps her up. And then- by the way, I just want to be super clear: they are in Tatsuda's apartment. We have seen this apartment. It is surrounded by other buildings or a street on literally all sides. Noodle Dimension grabs Akko, like, yanks her forward and over, and then when she lands, it's in a park, surrounded by, not buildings, but nothing. Surrounded by nothing. Like, trees and, and like, a little bit of, like, playground equipment. And that is, like, I... We see this from all angles. I do not know. Okay. I... So we got two options here, Dave. Either Noodle Dimension has teleported them to a park. They could teleport. That would make sense. Or he has grabbed her with his noodles and thrown her like out the window and across town. And she landed in a park. Those are the only two options. I just, yeah. And neither of them are explored, explained, or frankly make any sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They don't bother. But they couldn't ex- have gone that far because Tatsuta is there too. Oh yeah. I don't know why Tatsuta is there, but he is. Okay. So uh, Noodle Dimension they're in the park, and Noodle Dimension starts launching his noodle ingredients out of the top of his head at Ako. So remember we said the shrimp was going to be important. Here it comes. It's an exploding shrimp that he can shoot from his open head noodle cup body. No, I think, let me, uh, let me take a moment and I think correct you here. The exploding things he's shooting are either the peas or possibly tiny cup noodles that he has as like grenades. Oh no, you're right. The they shrimp, are. They're tiny cup noodles. He calls them cup noodle bombs. The shrimp is like a giant boomerang that Akko That's has to right. jump kick out of the sky. Okay. So he is like launching either tiny cup noodles or noodle ingredients at Ako. Uh he shoots what can only be described as energy noodles out of his head at Akko. That is a thing that he does. Wrap around her and then solidify. So she's tied up in noodles. And then he starts to like lose power. Noodle dimension does. Then Tatsuda, who is just standing there, has this flashback memory of I guess just the night before? Yeah. And he remembers, oh, like, he needs water. So the the kettle appears out of nowhere and starts floating over to Noodle Dimension. And Tatsura, like, flying tackles it out of the sky. And now we go into, like, a Benny Hill-style, like, game of keep-away, where Tatsura is running away with this, like, hot kettle and trying not to burn himself and also not get killed by a giant evil cup noodle monster? Yeah, he's like he sliding tra- down the slide. Like, yeah, like seriously, running around. He's the on playground. the swings for a second, yeah. it's and so he—he's amazing. Yeah, so he's like running around and he tries to dump out all the water, but Noodle Dimension eventually does like catch up with him and and gets his hot water and is like invigorated. But by now, oh, and then he goes to like kill Tatsuda. But by now, Akko has gotten free, and she jumps and saves Tatsuda and, and like, cross changes. And then the other jet men arrive. No, no, no. Okay, she hasn't crossed. Oh, no, 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 that's yet. right. Raita shows up well before anybody else. He is already right. cross changed, and he's like, Akko, yeah. Akko, we need to fight. We need to fight right now. Change. You need to change, and we need to fight. Right. Like, we do not have time. Like, I don't want to wait. And so he just starts punching. Like Ako then cross changes the rest of the Dire Rangers, not oh, Dire Rangers, I'm sorry, the rest of the, the rest jet of man, the Jetmen arrive. And Raita is like, yeah. "What where were you? What were you waiting for? Like let's do this thing." Uh I just so and just so Rita goes through this entire fight still under the effects of his like little Ako noodle dimension induced impatience. Uh, <laughs> Noodle is like, I didn't want a guy like you to eat this. And Raita. Yeah, Raita responds, did you write this down? Because I did. Uh, no, go ahead. I mean, I did, but go for uh, it. He just says, I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want. And then just commences punching. Noodle Dimension like realizes his mistake. He's like, oh, no, I did not consider the fact that maybe one of the jetmen would eat this noodle and just become so impatient for punching me in my giant noodle cup body yeah, head. Just desperate for justice. <laughs> so Raita basically, oh no, that's right. Akko says like, okay, now it's my turn. She uses the bird gauntlet. She punches Noodle Dimension. He goes down and then he gets giant. Yeah, they're about to use the bird blaster, but they don't actually need to. Right. So, uh, (laughs) this is a great moment. So, uh, he's giant. Ryu starts to go into the pose that he always strikes to call the jet machines. Raita runs up, interrupts him, like throws him off to the side, and is just like, we can't wait! Summon the jet machines! I mean, for the rest of the episode, Raita is amazing because it's all stuff like that. So, they summon the jet machines. um, Right, like, they're attacking. Rita picks up a giant rock to drop on him. Um, like, you know, they do some blasts. He drops the rock. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I almost skipped maybe the best part of this episode. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Go for it. So Akko is flying in her jet machine, and I think she's about to attack. And she gets zapped by Noodle Dimension. And there's like a big flash on the screen of like... A neon logo for a cup noodle, I think? Her jet machine crashes to the ground, and when it yeah. crashes... It is now, like, inside of a giant cup noodle. Yeah. Like... <sighs> so, Kauri goes to make a joke about how, like, Akko now really is in a like a noodle cup. Raida has no time for her jokes. Like, picks up a rock and drops it. Gets her out of the cup noodle... Um, they go to combine. Raita still has no time. He's like, Ryu, you need to tell us to combine right now. We need to do it. Yeah. And so so they do. Uh, They form Jet Icarus. Somehow in in the formation of Jet Icarus, the other jet men manage to just, like, tie Raita up. Because, like, he's in his chair. Like, he's in his seat in Jet Icarus control module. He's just tied up. Because, like, he has gotten, like, sort of out of control. And at this point, they Uh, need some, like, fine control on these controls. Yeah. I just said control way too many times, but you get what I mean. Yeah. So, so Jet Icarus forms... uh, Noodle Dimension, like, launches a salvo of cup noodle bombs, which do nothing. Uh, Then Berdonic Sabre, then Death. Yeah, there was barely a giant fight in this, but... You need to remind people to buy all the toys, so yeah, you go. Okay, so Cub Noodle goes down, end scene. We see Ako walking like just under a bridge. I th- Okay, listen, for a show as popular as Super Sentai very clearly is, you would think that they would be able to have shooting locations that are not available to them, like, by virtue of just not being occupied by anybody else at the time. Like, all these shots happen at, like, abandoned buildings and, like, under bridges where nobody is and in parks that are obviously closed. It's as though they they got in the car and drove around until they found a spot where people weren't and then said, okay, we can just shoot it here. Yeah, it's like, guys, I feel like you would have a fair amount of goodwill from the... Populous? Okay, but anyway. So they're in under a bridge in a park by a wherever it is. And uh, Akko is walking with Tatsudu, who's all like bandaged up because he had hurt him. You know, he got hurt. And he's like, Oh, I'm super sorry. Like, I never meant for this to happen. And Akko says, She like rears back to punch him. And says, like, I will never forgive you for something like this. And he kind of flinches. And then she says, "Is what I would normally say. But you totally saved me back there. So, like, we're cool. And I love this because it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, on any other day, like, if this guy had tried to apologize to her, she actually would have, like, cold cocked him and said, I will never forgive you, you monster. <laughs> right. But he got burned by the kettle. And so, like, they're square. Yeah, so he, like, feels more confident than ever before. He's like, I feel great. And I really thought that he was going to take this newfound confidence and maybe, like, ask Akko out on, like, a little date or something. Uh, he does not. He no, uses he his do, newfound Dave? confidence to plan to make a new, more delicious cup noodle. Akko, little Akko two. 2. Yeah. Uh, Akko is humorously furious, like she's not happy about it, but she's not like obviously super angry. And then we see, we pan away from them kind of chasing, or Akko sort of chasing Tatsuda around, and the other rangers are like semi-hidden behind a tree, and they're just creeping and and laughing about the situation. Uh, And that's it! That is episode 10, Cup Noodle. Dave, what do you think your high point was this week? (sighs) Oh, Uh, The whole, listen, man, I'm going to be honest. My high point, I think, is just the entire episode. Just the fact that they made this episode? Just, yeah, just the whole thing, top to bottom. Not, like, not an amazing piece of television in the same way that, like, Farewell the Three Stooges is a great piece of television. But just that they made it. That they made an entire 20-minute show about an evil cup noodle. Yeah, the fact yeah, that they were just sitting that. around the writer's table and someone said, what about an evil cup noodle that makes people impatient? And they and said, yes, people, yes, we should do this thing. Yeah, people greenlit that idea and now we have it. This is a thing that exists in the world. You can watch bird-themed superheroes fight a giant cup noodle. And that's magical. That's a beautiful, magical thing, people. Uh, just bask in that for a moment. Sometimes we live in a dark and terrible world and terrible things happen. But bird-themed superheroes also fought a giant cup noodle. So just, just you yeah. know, take comfort in that, I yeah. guess. Um, how about you, man? What was your, what was your high point? Okay, if I'm gonna drill down a little further than you did, then I'm gonna say my high point was, uh, Raita. Like, everything that Raita does once he becomes, like, be cup noodled, um, is amazing. Like, the fact that he just has no patience for anything and just desperately needs to, like, get in the fight and transform and drop rocks and... It's just so good. Like, Raita <laughs> is doing some A plus work in this episode. Yeah, it's killer. Okay, can you manage to find a low point this week? Uh my low point is my inability to process this episode of Trojan Sentai Jetman. Like, I just I feel like this was a good episode, man and i also i simultaneously feel that we did not nor necessarily are capable of doing it justice i feel uh, like we yeah, did a good job own here on own this human show, Dave, frailty i'm i'm, I'm generally is low point. yeah i'm generally proud of the work we do here i and we tried real hard on this one i feel like you just need to watch this one yeah yeah just watch it uh how about you man low point um man i guess I'm going to say my low point is the fact that somebody should have noticed that, like, Cup Noodle Monster was a virum. Like, somebody should have seen it. Yeah. There were so many opportunities for just (laughs) anyone to say, wait a second, this looks familiar. I remember some giant, like, traffic light monster last week, like, destroying the city. Are you? Are you really a god, or are you a virum creature? Like somebody should have at least mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, thought about it a little bit. Anyway, but that's all I can really come up with. <laughs> all right, man. I, uh, uh, I, we, I gotta tap out. Yeah. Okay. I'm done. That, I'm out. That is gonna do it. For another episode of The Jetman with a Golden Gun. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all, you can email the show at SentaiBrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or get in touch with us on Twitter, we are at Bros. If you like the show, and I hope that you do, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, and subscribe. That's what's going to help new people find the show. And listen, you just we heard, want that. You just heard about a cup of monster. You want other people to find this show, don't you? Uh, Anyway, (laughs) the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. We are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we will see you next week. (laughs)